Thanks for joining us. Today, Pastor Michael Heim will share with us a challenging and encouraging message from the Word of God. It is our prayer as you listen to this message that it will draw you closer in your walk with God and give you strength to walk daily in His grace. Now, what I just read to you, many of you probably really don't really understand, but it's concerning the Sabbath years. You know, when God created the universe, He created six days, and the seventh day was a Sabbath day, and it was a day of rest. Well, then there were seven years. They were to work the land for six years, and on the seventh year, they were supposed to let the land rest, and then that was called a Sabbath year, a Sabbath, a Sabbath cycle. And then there were seven Sabbath cycles, seven seven-year periods, and then it came to a place called the year of Jubilee, where they would come to this point, and they would cancel out the debts of everyone. Therefore, you really didn't have a lot of poor among the Israelites. And as long as they were worshiping God, God was going to bless their land, and everything would be just fine. But if they chose not to worship God and worship other idols, God was going to bring a judgment against them. And so... This day, this year of Jubilee, or this seventh cycle, this, this seventh year period that's coming up, it ended on Elul 29 on the Jewish calendar. Remember, God does not operate on our calendar. He operates on the Hebrew calendar. But on Elul 29, so you had a seven-year period, seven-year period, seven-year period, seven-year period, all the way up to the seventh seven-year period. And on that last day of that last seventh-year period, it was called Elul 29. Elul 29 is where they said, okay, let's cancel out all the debts. Let's give a clean slate to everyone who is poor, and, and you're set free, and that's going to be a year of jubilee. It's going to be a great time. Wouldn't that be awesome if we did that today? Imagine all the debts that you have right now, and on Elul 29, it would be completely wiped clean. That would be great, wouldn't it? Maybe we could learn a lesson from that. But Israel chose not to follow God, they chose to begin to worship idols. And what God meant to be a blessing to them ended up turning into a judgment, even to the point of the total destruction and annihilation of the nation for over 2,500 years. And so because they chose not to obey and do what God told them on the seventh, seventh year period, the, that Sabbath year, they were taken into Babylonian captivity for seven years. And they suffer tremendously. As we looked last week, Jesus told us to be careful. Not to get weighed down with the things of this world. Not to get so caught up into this world and the end times and the doom and the gloom. But He, he told us to be watchful too, didn't He? To look around us and notice the things that are happening all around us. We're approaching on a month called September on our calendar. But on the Hebrew calendar, it's called Elul, and sometimes it goes into Tishri, which would be our October, September, October. Now, September in the Bible is a very interesting month in many ways. Elul is a very interesting month and day in many ways. Now, on the last day of the seventh year period, it was called the Shemitah. That's what it says in Hebrew. That's a seven-year cycle, seven, seven-year cycle. So 49 years on the last day of the 49th year was called Elul 29. That is our September 13th of this year. 
So we are approaching the seventh seven-year cycle, and September 13 of our calendar is going to be the end of the, of the Shemitah year that began last September all the way up to this September. The word Shemitah there is a, an interesting word. It's talking about, it means to release. It means to release the debt. It could also mean if, if, they're, if they're worshiping God, the debt to release. But if we're worshiping other gods, it means a judgment, a collapsing. Okay, a shaking, in other words. It was what's going to happen here. And so, all this is going to be taking place here, coming up on our September the 13th of this year. Now, if we look at this Shemitah signs and these seven-year cycles, we see something very alarming beginning to happen, don't we? We begin to see these things here, a pattern beginning to evolve that we're seeing. America has been blessed for 230, over 230 years. And I believe that our, our judgments from God have gone from smaller to getting stronger and stronger and stronger because we as a nation becoming more and more separated from God. We've moved from separation of church and state to moving to separation of God and country. We're telling God, we don't want you in our country. We don't want you in our schools. We don't want you in our courts. We don't want you in our society. We want to become our own secular society without God whatsoever. And God says, okay, I think I'm going to give it to you. But you're going to suffer the consequences to these things. Now, what's this thing up here? I want you to look at this Shemitah signs in the seven-year cycle Look, go back to 1973. The oil crashed, the stock market crashed there. In 1980, there was a hard session. Seven years later, we had up at that point, in 1987, it was the worst stock market crash up, at that, up until that point. Seven years later, 1994, the end of another seven-year cycle, the bond market crashed. We go to 2001. What happened in 2001 that we all remember so, so vividly? 9-11. After 9-11, two towers collapsed, and it crippled America tremendously. The stock market crashed shortly just right after that, and that was at the end of a seven-year cycle. 2008, how many of y'all remember me standing right here, and the stock market crashed, and I, stayed, I stated, I do not know if we're going to come out of it. For 18 months, the market, the bottom, just fell deeper and deeper. And when it crashed that first day in 2008, and by the way, this, every one of these are happening on Elul 29, a specific date that God said it was going to happen every seven years. Now, 2001, and we got to 2008, when the stock market crashed that day, I believe God gave us a great sign. The stock market crashed... It's 777.7 points in the negative. Is that not a sign? Seven is a biblical number of completion. It could have fell on any number, but it fell on that number in 2008. At the end of a seven-year cycle on Elul 29, the stock market crashed, and it's the worst crash that has been in American history up, up to now. It's still the worst crash. We have not gotten lower than that. And that's interesting that it happened on that particular day. So on the very last day of the last two Shemitah years, 2001 and 2008, we've had the two worst stock market crashes in American history. Is it coincidence? Is it divine providence? 
God told Israel, if you worship me, on Elul 29, everybody's debts will be released and we'll get to enjoy a day, a year called the year of Jubilee. If you worship other gods and kick me out of your, of your country, then Elul 29 becomes a judgment against you. And they were taken off to captivity. Is God telling America that as we go back to 73 to 80, 87, 94, 2001, they're getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse every seven years? Is God now telling us in 2015 on Elul 29, which is September 13th, something is fixing to happen to America? If we look at the pattern, I don't know. I'm not going to put God in a box. God can do anything that He wants to do, but I know this, whenever God does something in relation to man, He always does it in conjunction with a feast day of the Lord. Guess what September 14th is? Does anyone know? It's the Feast of Trumpets. Trumpets was a feast that the Lord said... I'm going to call Israel back. I'm going to gather them together and sound the trumpet. It's a time of gathering, but it's also a time of alarm. And so I don't know. Is the church going to be raptured out on September 14th of this year? Are we going to have a great shaking? Because we know that we're not obeying God. We, don't, we know that for sure. We see that every seventh year cycle, it's coming and getting more intense. It's multiplying in its, in its uh, severity. And what's interesting about this in Lule 29, this September 13th, is the fact that we are completing the seventh seven-year cycle. So starting on September 14th, 2015, to September 2016, it's the year of Jubilee in the Jewish calendar, where God deals with Israel. So where does that leave us? Makes you wonder, doesn't it? See, the, follow, the, the year when the, the second temple fell... It fell in late A.D. 69. We say A.D. 70. That year was 3829 on the Jewish calendar. That's what we have to go by. Goes up, kept falling. Then we just kind of go back up. Notice the pattern. Seven years later, we hit the cycle again. Start market crashed. And look at this. All the way to almost 2010, we kept going worse and worse and worse. Why did, we, why did this number go back up? Do we know? It's because America has now produced $18 trillion in debt and pumped back into our government, into our system. We are now as a nation $18 trillion in debt. After 9-11, things crashed. But after 2008, the worst crash we ever had, we had QE, the quantif uh, quantitative easing one and quantitative easing two, where we were producing... Uh, Four, five trillion dollars to pump up the economy. What is that going to do to us? It's unsustainable. We have nothing to back up our dollar. We have nothing. It's just going to get worse and worse and worse. And if the, if the pattern of the Shemitah goes like it here, it goes back up and crash, goes back up and crash. If that's going to happen in September 14th or 15th or the 16th right after, because that 13th is on a Sunday, so the market's open on a Monday. It could be just a week after. It could be a day. I don't know. What are we going to do now? Are we going to pump in more trillions of dollars of printed money into the market system? You know the reason why we haven't gone into hyperinflation right now? Because all those trillions of dollars, that all those bailouts to all those major companies went into the companies. It didn't go into the general pockets of America. 
And that kept recession, hyperinflation down. This time, that money will be into our pockets. It'll come back into the, the circulation, and all of a sudden, hyperinflation. We're going to be back worse than the Great Depression. We're going to see inflation, hyperinflation. Some economists say that a loaf of bread may go for $10 before it's over with. We don't know. But we do know this. If we're at $18 trillion right now in our national debt, and we're pumping in $4 trillion a month, about $5 billion a day, I think, there's no way. There's no way America can stand up. So something could happen on September of this year. We're on the seventh seven-year cycle. On the last day of the seven-year cycle. Things might get bad, folks. So the year 577 after creation, that's going to put us in September this year, September 25th of 2014 to September 13th, 2015. Elul 29 in the year 5775, which is September 13th, 2015. That's where we're at. Jesus said, be watchful. And what did he say? There will be sign in the sun and the moon, and the stars. Jesus said that. It's interesting to note that there is solar eclipses, one of the first times in 500 years that we've had two solar eclipses and four blood moons, all happening on a feast day. If it happens on any other day, it's not an interesting thing, but when it happens on a feast day, Passover, Sukkot, which is tabernacles, which is the first one and the last one of the seven year of the seventh uh, day uh, feast days? Then we had a total solar eclipse. I stayed up and watched this one and this one and, and went this. We, we we couldn't see this one. Passover on on the fourth of this year, and look what happens on nine thirteen. Elul twenty nine is the is Rosh Hashanah starts. Elul twenty nine at six o'clock starts the Rosh Hashanah, which is the day of trumpets. Jesus fulfilled the first four feast days. He was crucified on Passover. He was buried on unleavened bread. He became the first fruits from the dead on the first fruits. And the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost. We are now living between the fourth and the fifth feast. It's called the age of grace, the church age. It's the harvest about to come. And so if Jesus fulfilled the, the first four feast days with him... Is he going to do the last three? Then what's the next one? It's the Feast of Trumpets. Jesus said there'll be sign in the sun, the moon, and the stars. Is four blood moons and two solar eclipses enough signs to get us our attention? Is it enough to say, well, maybe? Well, maybe. Or do we live in a bubble? And we just say, well, that's just coincidence, whatever. The prophet Joel said in Joel 2, verse 30, he says, I will show wonders in the heavens and on earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. I will show the sign and the sun, the moon, and the stars on heavens, on earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. If the four blood moons and the two solar eclipses is, is happening on the feast days, don't get our attention. I don't know what's going to get our attention. Now, when you connect that with billows of fire and smoke, what does that have? What is that possibly talking about? Did you know this chart only goes to 2010? 
But I want you to know this is the average number of volcanic eruptions per decade. Per decade. From 1850, notice, like a birth pain, as we go through time, they're getting, they're getting more frequent and they're getting more powerful. Notice this. Look at this. And we get to 2015 over here, and already in five months, we've had 31 volcanic eruptions this year alone. We're already halfway for a whole year that happened in 2010. And they're getting more and more powerful. Three blood moon cycles, volcanoes. Is something going to happen on Elul? Is God saying, based upon the former patterns, could it happen this September because we have rejected God that judgment's coming? Could it be? In 1949 and 1950, it was just the year after Israel became a nation in 1948, they had a blood moon. In 1967 and 68, there was another blood moon, and that's when Israel gained their independence in the Six-Day War. 2014 and 2015, we've had four blood moons. Is something fixing to happen with the nation of Israel? What have I always taught you as your pastor when it comes to Israel? The center of the earth is Israel. The center of Israel is Jerusalem. The center of Jerusalem is the Temple Mount. If you want to know what's going on in the world, you have to keep your eye on Israel and what God does through Israel. Then you'll have a little bit better understanding about prophecy. So over the past century, there have only been two other times when the solar eclipse has corresponded with the end of a Shemitah year. Okay? Only two other times. And each time that solar eclipse came, there was judgment. Do you remember when Jesus Christ was crucified? A solar eclipse happened. Darkness came over the land for three hours. God was saying there's a judgment. Solar eclipses have always been known as a judgment. And two other times in the history of men, a blood moon has come and corresponded with the Shemitah year. And those two times were in 1931 during the Great Depression and in 1987. And both of them foreshadowed great financial disasters in America. In 1931, the solar eclipse took place on September 12th, Elul 29 of that year. Eight days later, England abandoned the gold standard and setting off markets around the world in bank failures. It ushered in in America a, a month-long stock market crash. When the market crashed in 29, it got worse and worse, and it was worse in 1931. In 1987, a solar eclipse took place on September 23rd, again at the end of the Shemitah year, Elul 29. Less than 30 days later came Black Monday. Some of you that are old enough can remember that. And at that moment, it was the greatest percentage of a Wall Street crash, 684 points at that time. September 2014, we began a Shemitah year. As soon as we began the Shemitah year, the last seven-year cycle, the first day of the seven-year cycle, we're now finishing up on the last days, something else happened. We saw it in the news, but we didn't put two and two together. Russia became the number one nuclear power in the world. Not America, Russia. China became the number one economic power in the world. Not America. So what about Russia? What about China? What's so significant about those two countries? 
Those countries are mentioned very greatly in biblical prophets. But that's not what I want to talk about. What I want to talk about is Russia and China have both now said they are not going to use the American dollar as the reserve currency. Most of the U.S. debt is in China, to China. And they're saying that your money is worthless. We aren't going to do it. We're going to do our own currency now. And what is that going to do? The only reason we're standing up is because our government just keeps pumping trillions of dollars into the economy. Because no one else wants to use the American dollar. If the stock market crashes in 2015 and we put more trillions of dollars into the market, no one in the world is going to look at the American dollar as valuable anymore. And when that happens, what's going to happen to America? Hyperinflation. Your dollar bill won't be worth anything. In the Great Depression, they would carry wheelbarrows full of cash to buy a loaf of bread. Is God just in judging America? You're absolutely right. Was God just in judging Israel? Yes. They forsook their God. They worshipped false idols, things that they shouldn't be doing. They became very immoral. And God says, okay, I'm going to give you warning. And then he took them off to captivity. The Bible instructs us that every seventh Shemitah year, seven years times seven times, we get to 49. There comes what we call a super Shemitah. It's the year of Jubilee. Now, this cycle is linked to the restoration of land of the Jewish people that they had lost. While the current Shemitah runs from September 2014 through September 2015, the super Shemitah, the year of Jubilee, is the end of the seven-year cycles. The Shemitah begins September 2015. The 14th, September 14th of this year starts the super Shemitah, starts the year of Jubilee pertaining to Israel. And it's going to run to 2016. Now, the 50-year cycles, 49 plus that next year, there's 50-year cycles, give exact parameters of when the land of Israel was restored to the Jewish people. In 1917, we talked about this last Wednesday night. We may talk about it a little bit more. Uh, the United Kingdom's foreign secretary, Arthur James Balfour, created what we call the Balfour Declaration. He wrote a letter stating down that, that, uh, that uh, Israel needed a home for the Jewish people. 1917 is when he wrote that letter. So they redrew out all the Middle Eastern map and they put a little sliver of Israel in there. And that's why the ISIS and ISIL are so upset about everything because it took away the Ottoman Empire, which was their Sharia, which was their caliphate. And England came in and redrew everything. And so they're all upset. They're trying to go back to the same way they used to do it. But in 1917, notice this. And if we go back from 2016 or 2017 and go backwards... We get to 1917, there's that Balfour Declaration. If we move forward seven Shemitah cycles later, 49 years later, that puts us when Israel gained their independence in 1967. What I'm trying to get you to see is that every year of Jubilee, God does something with Israel. He does something with Israel. Now, if we go here in, in, in 67, this is when Israel reclaimed East Jerusalem in the Six-Day War. And then if we go seven Shemitah cycles later on the year of Jubilee, which is going to come up at the end of that year, maybe 2017 at the, or 2016 to 2017, there's always been a war. Are we getting ready, as I've been teaching on Wednesday nights, the Battle of Gog and Magog? The next major event in Bible prophecy is this battle called the Battle of Gog and Magog based on Ezekiel 38-39. It's where the, the armies of the north are going to come down and march against Israel. And the pattern has been every 50 years when God was restoring the land back to Israel, there's always been, after the year of Jubilee, a major war with Israel. 
So is 2017 going to be a time of a major war? Could it be possibly the battle of Gog and Magog? Could it be something that God is going to do? Uh, Is He drawing back the, the Israelites into the land? What's going to happen? I don't know. But all I'm trying to get us to do is to be watchful. Could we be facing World War III? As I said a while ago, ISIS or ISIL, this Islamic State. What we don't understand in our American history, because we don't study this, and when we get to world history, we just, we don't don't even know our own history, much less a world history. But in the early 1900s, the last empire was the Ottoman Empire. That was based out of Turkey, the, the Turks. They controlled the whole Middle Eastern area. They had their own land. They had their own way of governing. They had everything. And we move into World War I and we come in here with this British power coming in and they begin to redraw the lines of the Middle East. They break up the Ottoman Empire. They create countries like Jordan. They, they give Israel their little sliver of land. They tell Syria they're going to be here and Lebanon you're going to be there and Iraq you're over here. They, they, they begin to redraw the whole thing. Upset them. That's why they're fighting right now to try to come back to this Ottoman Empire. When they drew, redrew the maps, it caused a chaotic Middle East. And we've been fighting this ever since then. That's why there's never going to be peace in the Middle East. I didn't know this. I'm not going to speak a lot. I'm just going to show it to you. But even when President Bush was in office, this is called the Bush map. Even President Bush redrew the Middle Eastern map. And it's caused a lot of the Middle Eastern countries to be upset because they believe it's trying to get back to this point. Notice this. Yemen grows up real big. Saudi Arabia becomes smaller. They create a whole Islamic sacred state right here. Jordan becomes really big. Notice Israel goes back to the 67 borders right here before the Six-Day War. The very thing about Gog and Magog is why God's coming out against them and judging them in that war, 38 and 39 of Ezekiel, is because they keep dividing the land of Israel. And now... Even our own president said that he wants to go back to the pre-67 borders. Look at a little tiny sliver of Israel. When God gave Israel, it went like this. It went over here. It went down here. It went over there. It went up there. Israel is this whole area in the Bible. Look how much they got. We're making God upset, very upset. Redrew the map. We're redrawing the map. Israel became a nation in 1948. Things begin to happen. The greatest prophetic sign in all the Bible is that Israel became a nation in one hour. And it happened in our lifetime. Jesus told us to be watchful. Beginning the Shemitah year, last year, on September, around September, the Elul 29, in America, the stock markets became very violent last September, and they crashed for about a month. Last September, we had a massive earthquake that even shook parts of America. If you remember, last September is the great Ebola outbreak in America. Last September, the U.S. Supreme Court was tackling the issue of gay marriage on a national scale. In September of last year, China overtakes the U.S. as the number one economic power. And last year, Russia takes the title of the strongest military power away from America. Is this the beginning of the end of American age? Church, what I'm trying to get you to see is that we're seeing things that are happening that's never happened in human history. They're going on every day, and we live in a very naive bubble. Jesus said, be careful, and he said, be watchful. 
I'm going to send you before I come, before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. I'm going to give you signs, church. Kingdom is going to be against kingdom. The word nation in the Bible is the Greek word ethnos, where we see ethnic group against ethnic group. What do we see right now? Racism and classism, the rich and the poor, the black and the white, the cops and the, and the thugs. We're seeing ethnic group against ethnic group. We're seeing that when Jesus said, when you see these things beginning to happen in more rapid succession and getting more violent, when you're looking at the natural of the disasters coming, he says, look up where your redemption is drawing nigh. I'm going to tell you when I come that I'm going to, I'm going to turn the sun black. I'm going to turn the moon red. Stars, maybe volcanic eruptions are going to fall out of the sky. I'm telling you, I'm coming again. I'm going to give you patterns, church. God is a God of patterns, always been a God of patterns. And every seventh year, something happens to the U.S. stock market. And every seventh, seventh cycle of those years, we've had the greatest crashes in American history. And now we're approaching September, Elul 29, 2015. If the pattern follows like it's been doing since whenever we started keeping record of the stock market, then probably somewhere around September 14th on onward, something's going to happen dramatically in the U.S. economy. September 13th just so happens to be an eclipse. Fifteen days later, another blood moon. We have three feast days in that time frame. Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, and Tabernacles. Something is converging. I believe with all my heart something is fixing to happen. Because we as a nation have told God, get out. And what do we worship in America more than anything else, money. What will cripple America more than anything else, money? I think God's trying to get our attention. And He's getting our attention with the thing that we love the most. We work so hard to get money. And it all could be gone in September. I don't know. Woe to them that call evil good and good evil. And the very time that our nation is calling evil good, it's calling people like evangelical Christians evil. We're the number one watch list on the terror watch list. So what's going to happen in September 13th, 2015? That's a Sunday on our day. I doubt anything really happens as far as the, the economy because the markets won't be open, but Israel doesn't observe that. So I don't know about world markets. I don't know what's going to happen. In the past, it's ushered in the worst collapses in Wall Street history. Um, could it be this time? I don't know. We're just going to have to wait and see what's going to happen. Until then, the Bible just says to be watchful. And he says, stand firm. That's what he said in verse 11. So where does that leave us? Jesus tells us to be watchful. And he says, I want you to pray that you may be able to escape all that's fixing to happen upon the earth. Pray that you may be able to escape. Church, I don't know. September 14th may come, which is the Feast of Trumpets, and we as a church could just be going out of here in the moment in the twinkling of an eye everything we could be gone and that's going to usher in the world new world order then again nothing could happen but i believe when you put the signs that jesus said you put the patterns that god had placed up on the scriptures and you put all this together two and two tells you what be prepared are you really waiting for the trumpet are we really wanting jesus to return 
truth is, I believe in America, we, we're not ready for the rapture. We're not ready for the return of the Lord. Truth is that we want to live in our world, our little bubble, and we want to do the things that we want to do. And it's almost like I'm not ready for God. I'm not ready for the Lord to return. How long would God tarry? But I don't want us to worry. Let me just finish this message up real quick. Give me about another five, six minutes. The Bible says be prayerful and stand firm. In verse 36, Luke chapter 21, he tells us to be prayerful and to pray that we may escape these things, to be watchful, to be careful, because our redemption is drawing nigh. Listen, church, the world can remove prayer from school, and they have done so, but that doesn't stop us from praying. The world told Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego to bow down to the idol, but they didn't bow, and they got thrown in the fire. The world, the government told Daniel, you can't pray in the name of the Lord, and he went three times every day, and he prayed in the name of the Lord. James and Peter, James and John, they were told, you can't preach in the name of Jesus anymore. What did they do? They preached in the name of Jesus every single day. Our government says, you can't pray in school. What do you need to be doing? Praying anyway. You may suffer consequences. We may lose some tax money. We may get thrown in jail, but pray anyway. Don't become fearful. Stand up and stand firm. The court's saying you can't put the Ten Commandments in our courthouses anymore. But Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will stand forever. Don't become fearful because the government is saying you can't put the Ten Commandments. The commandments are not written on stone, church. They're written in your hearts. Stand firm. Jesus is saying your faith is going to cost you something now. Saying that you're a Christian used to be, it had no repercussions, but now it will. It's coming to the point where they're going to take you to the synagogues and put you in jail and even put some of you to death. Are you ready for that time? Pray, Jesus said, pray that you may be escape all that's fixing to happen. If they hated me, they're going to hate you. And they killed me without reason. We may lose the battle in the White House, but we're not going to lose the war. We're looking for the King of kings and the Lord of lords to come back. The true prince of peace. We have a peace. The Bible says it's God's people that per, per, surpasses understanding. We have a faith, the Bible says in 1 John, that overcomes the world. We are, are waiting for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior. We are waiting in expectation. And Jesus said the signs are there. Are you ready? We don't need to just be looking for the signs, church. We need to be listening for the trumpet. It's getting close. But Jesus said, don't be alarmed. Is that my cue? I, do I hear keys, Miss Tom Radlin, back then? <laughs> it's a little joke I have. When I was a young preacher boy and I went past 12 o'clock, which is 11.59 right now, some sweet gray-haired lady in the back of the church would take her keys out and she'd begin to jingle them. That was my warning. I had about five minutes to wrap it up. Because five minutes later, if I didn't wrap it up, she really jingled those keys. And as a young preacher boy, what did I do? I just preached longer and longer and longer. I'm almost finished, church. Jesus said, let us pray. Let us pray about September 13th. And you know what we should pray about September 13th, the Elul 29? We should be praying this prayer. Your kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the only prayer that we should be praying for that day. We need to be listening for the trumpet. Be prayerful and stand firm.
Jesus said, when we see these things, we hear these things, it only causes us to ask, what is the world coming to? I'll tell you what it's coming to. It's coming to Jesus Christ. It's coming to the King of kings and Lord of lords. And it's coming to the point to where every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. It's coming to that. For those that bow now and make Him your Lord and Savior, only blessing is coming. There's no bad repercussions for the rapture or the second coming of the Lord for the church. Only good. There's no bad. But there's bad for those that do not believe. Because the wrath of Almighty God will be poured out. And the Bible says, who can stand when that happens? Jesus says, stand firm and you will what? Win life. Don't become anxious about these end times. Don't become scared and frightful of these end times. Don't fear what man and government can do to you. Because the only thing that man can do, man can only kill you. That's the worst that man can do. And the Bible says, do not fear him who can kill the body. But what does it say? Fear him who can destroy the body and the soul in eternal fire. Fear God. Fear God. We have the victory, church. Stand firm and you will win life. And let me affirm this last question and I'll close and pray. If Jesus returned for us right now, listen, 1 John said this, 228, And now, dear children, continue in him, so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. If Jesus was to come today, come September, could you stand before Jesus Christ confident and unashamed of how you're living? When the master returns, will he find you doing what the master wants you to do? Or are we living in sin? Are we living naively and we're not paying attention to what's going on around us? I think God has got our attention. In September, we really need to pay attention. We hope you have enjoyed Pastor Michael's challenge from the Word of God. If you have any questions about today's message, you can reach us at 903-759-4196 or write to us. We'd love to hear from you at 117 South White Oak Road, White Oak, Texas, 75693. For more information about Pastor Michael or White Oak Baptist Church, please visit us on the web at www.wobaptist.org. Come back and visit us again. Until then, God bless.